0: turned the show off yet. Here's
1: Brandon. Welcome back to the show as we wrap up the Holiday Gift Guide special here on the Brandon Peters Show. In this final installment, we turn to figures, books, comics, collectibles, things to go over some of those notable items here this holiday season. And returning to the show from the Saturday Evening Post, it's Troy Brown, Field.
2: Yay. Thank you. Returning champion.
1: Returning champion. Took a couple weeks off. Now you're (laughs) back. Welcome, Troy. You and I, you've been on my, you were on my old show, Plenty. You've written guest articles for me before when I was a lowly blogger. But now we're here we're talking about a, a side of you that I don't think we've recorded, written, but you're figure collecting. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see behind, Troy means business. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it it's probably a common story with people in my age group, but the the things that I got started with were Migo uh, figures, the, the Migo superheroes, um, had some Star Trek and Planet of the Apes. And then when Star Wars came out, I had the early bird package, you know, the infamous send away the certificate and you get your uh. box for four <laughs> figures. I still have yeah. them on the shelf, the Luke Leia Chewie, and Art 2. But so I've been a big figure collector most of my life. And uh, these days I, I focus mainly on a uh, star Wars black series and, and Marvel legends. Although I make the odd pickup outside of that here and there, but it's, it's always been something I've done, but it definitely a tie into my comic book interest and, you know, movie interest as well.
1: To go together. And did you ever, have you just been constant flux of collecting or have there been droughts in your, in your um, life and collecting?
2: There, there was a definite period, you know, so I, I like a lot of kids in the early 80s, you know, I was into G.I. and Transformers and whatnot. And so as I started to kind of press that uh, sixth grade into junior high <laughs> kind of thing, I had a had a drop off. I think a lot of people do. A lot of that's pressure. You know, it doesn't exist in the same way. Now that it did, I think now like that collecting is uh, seen a lot more acceptable. You know, like with everybody has Funko Pops on their desk or stuff like that. There's and a lot of things are directed at people. You know, figures from Breaking Bad or whatever. You know, you've got a a different mentality. But then it was it kind of frowned upon. But then when I was in high school, I'd been a big X Men reader for my whole life. And when Toy Biz came out with the very first assortment the very first X-Men line that had, you know, Cyclops and Star. And they're not the best figures, but right. there, there was something like, oh my God, they made X-Men figures. And that yes. kind of pulled me back in. And that the second wave of those, if you recall, like was, was much better. But, but that when they made that second wave of X-Men and, and Marvel figures, when they had uh, Deathlock and Gambit and the Fantastic Four, they were getting a much better quality right away. But also the character selection was was crazy,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, <laughs> so that kind of that pulled me back, and I've pretty much been ever since. So.
1: Like I had a period where you know I I collected them, then I got out of it, and then I worked at Toys R Us when I was in high school, and that got me <laughs> back into it a little bit. And I was I was there first when you um, were
3: college. Yeah,
1: when I was in college, though, I had no money to go <laughs> spending on these things, but. Yeah, I personally like have been in and out of flux. Like now, I'm very get more specific in in my collecting and yeah, and the way I I like certain things. But I think it's a great thing. I get jealous of people having all these things,
2: but <laughs> like jealous, uh, George Carlin used to say that a little bit of covet's good for the economy.
3: <laughs>
2: right, right, but right. I, I, but I remarked about Toys R Us. I worked at Toys R Us when I was a freshman mm-hmm. in college. Okay, in in Terre Haute. And so you know that was a good firsthand.
1: <laughs> yeah, place
2: to be. You, you did talk to other collectors and stuff. And you got a sense for you know things that other people were into.
1: And there were some interesting cats in those collectors. There was the the Hot Wheels and Matchbox people.
2: <laughs> yes. Those, get those and there were two big boxes different people. of 144 cards.
1: Yep. Two different <laughs> kinds of people too. There were two different kinds of people. And then there were the Barbie people too. They were interesting as well. But yeah, the oh, Matchbox. Yeah. And-
2: yeah, we, we had, um, you know, definitely some some adult customers that were very hardcore. Barbie collectors was one of the special mm-hmm. and international editions, you know, the Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars, those those gross boxes. Man, those were, there's always people like circling, waiting for one of those cases to get cracked. And, and it was kind of funny to me because I thought, well, you know, people, and this, this is something that I've always applied to like sports and whatnot, because I'm a sports fan too, that it's funny how like, one segment of fandom is socially acceptable, and another segment of fandom right. is, is what you make fun of. And everybody has the same behavior.
1: <laughs> they do. They do. Right. Yeah.
2: There's, there's have, no difference.
1: You have cosplay. You have jersey wearing. Like that's. And you have the stat nerds. You like. You apparently like math and number crunching if you're <laughs> into that, playing fantasy sports. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's. It's crazy. Those people, and I also used to, we used to live for finding the character in the wrong package. That was oh, yeah. something we always, I, I still this day, I have my Wolverine in a Magneto package. That's my, my claim to fame. I only got one while I was there, but.
2: <laughs> nice. There's a whole segment, there's, there's a uh, Marvel Legends Collector's Facebook group and there's an ongoing thread and now it's mainly like people who will, will buy a figure and then return it where they've, they've swapped the figure so they can get the money back mm-hmm. and people show like the most ridiculous examples that they've found of figures that have been put in right. some package in return but those misprint things i remember when um like oh especially the star trek next generation uh, by playmates those the misprint cards on that were crazy mm-hmm. business people were paying absurd amounts of money for misprint cards
1: you write articles for is it graphic policy right that's yeah. about action figures. Tell us a little bit yeah. about how you've utilized your collecting into that.
2: Oh, well, back regular listeners might know, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I ran a, a pop culture website for a real long time called uh, shotgunreviews.com. And I wow. wrote, which we covered a wide area of popular culture, but I wrote um, action figure reviews there just based on my own interest. And when I started writing for magazines and whatnot, I had a figure column in New Type USA magazine. And then I kind of took... The idea of that, and when I was a uh, columnist for Newsarama for seven years, I uh, put together a toy column there that I called Super Articulate, and I still that you know that's mine, and that I've taken that a couple places, and it's currently uh, for uh, a couple of years now has been parked at GraphicPolicy.com, which uh, Brett Schenker runs, and it's fun because th- there's two elements to it, you know, the I like the outlet of being able to talk to other people about it and having the thing of where now there's a lot of teen to adult collectors who who are more sophisticated in a way and they can have really interesting discussions about the version of the character, the way that it's painted, or, you know, what makes this sculpt or this version of the character better than the other. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of a fun thing to participate in. And it gives a little bit of, Justification sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're able to, to I, and and I know I I am a firm believer that you don't have to try to to monetize or try to make sense of your hobbies in some right. way, but it is it, it it is kind of a logical extension. You know, I'd be a writer either way, mm-hmm. but taking something that I enjoy naturally as a matter of course and then writing about it just seems like a real natural thing to me. Right. Uh, but and so. I like I said earlier. I do focus more on certain areas than I did before. There's a long period of time. I actually wrote an article about this for Graphic Policy once. Like kind of my my collection timeline, like what I collected when, starting when I was a kid, and like there's things that were in and out, but that really the the Marvel and Star Wars has been the most consistent stuff with DC. You know, not too far behind, but but it is a, a fun thing to be able to go out and write about it and, and talk to people and occasionally get you know paid for it <laughs> right, not right. Argue.
1: well and the people the outside looking in at you like a lot of times like and i got this with family members or whatnot when i started writing and and things like that especially with White or blue like oh look he's doing something with that
2: <laughs> right
1: because enjoyment isn't good enough yeah satisfaction it- passion nah.
2: Just like with anything that really grabs you, you know, sometimes you have a hard time explaining it. But I I definitely think that for most people who are figure collectors, that it's it it is a companion element to something that they're already passionate about. Like if you're a big fan, you know, say Buffy and Angel, for example, when they made Buffy and Angel figures, it's like, yeah, right there, because you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's an outgrowth of of your fandom of a particular thing. You know, you really enjoy these characters, you have an affinity for them. And yeah, it's one of the things that I've kind of done with my Marvel collection. Of over time, they, they make lots of versions of the same character, lots of right. you know the character in different outfits from different time periods, and, and I like that because it allows me to make the make teams based on particular runs I enjoyed of the comics. You know, like I've got mm-hmm. a pretty representative mid '70s X-Men team, for example, or like most of the '60s Avengers or whatever, and I I display them. As, as they would have been from those times, and to me it, it means something to me. It goes with those right. things, enjoying that book or enjoying that movie or whatnot.
1: Yeah, you get to like, you become like an artist of of uh, displaying. Because I, I have that too. Like my son, because I have displays of things, and he gets figures and Legos and things like that, and he he's got them for display. Like, doesn't play with them, he displays yeah. them. Like this way, he says and. And it's crazy where your mind will go with those things because I have like a, a different shelves. I have different themes and I have like a, yeah. like a for example, my Doctor Who shelf. with oh, these, yeah. and And then like I, I have stuff to like represent things, but then there's a bigger Tom Baker section of things in the middle. Like there's right. his companions. There's a lot more of, of his stuff there. But the way I've kind of spread it out kind of works and I I dig how it's turned out with different just different things. And it's uh, evolving. It could be something completely different next year. Or it could invade another shelf because there's almost too much of it now. Uh, it's just right. Gonna, yeah, definitely it's
3: fun. It's like and... a form of
2: storytelling. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's like a form of storytelling in a way because, you know, it it says something about each individual person. Like what, what they collect, how they choose to show it, what mm-hmm. they've done with it, and, mm-hmm. and everything. And there, there's some guys that do really incredible dioramas. I do not have the 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 physical mm. arts talent to do some of this stuff, but I, I featured a guy in my column that I saw in one of the discussion boards who recreated the battle landscape from Endgame, oh. and he lit it. He did, it was amazing. He like mm. cut up baskets and had spray painted them and stuff to replicate like the twisted metal from the wreckage. And he had yeah. this whole landscape. He had underlit it and everything. And you know he'd gotten the versions of Cap with the broken shield and all that. And he had done. This incredibly elaborate diorama. And, you know, people were just like, man. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well what else you Talent to realize that. Or I've seen people do um some pretty great uh versions of like the front of the X mansion with the gates and whatnot. And you know, it really unlocks um the talent in some people who um you know that maybe they wouldn't have the talent necessarily. To be uh, sculptors or, or figure sculptors on their own, but they they find the talent because they enjoy the hobby to bring out these dioramas or these these photo sets that are really cool, and mm-hmm. it's it's just another extension of the the hobby. Thing.
1: Yeah, definitely, and it's a yeah, it's investment, it's a thing, it's fun, it's always it never ends. It's like the <laughs> it does not, and it does not, especially <laughs> nowadays. I mean. Back in the day, I remember when getting the McFarlane, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees was new. And it was like, they're making action figures of those? And they're really nice? Yeah. Yeah. That was a breakthrough. And I mean, I remember my my teen years in the 90s, the Star Wars toys were all like super muscular people and odd. And just the amount of detail and with the rise of fandom being... Acceptable to be someone like this, like it's just let the artistic stuff flow. And conventions getting bigger and just yeah, you know, we're flooded. <laughs> there's
2: so much. Yeah, I, and it's funny too. Like, some things stick. Like, you know, Star Wars is is not going anywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it had that fallow period in in the late '80s, and when um, you know, heir to the empire and whatnot happened, it came back and it never went away again. One thing that surprised me that's never had a figure line that stuck, although a couple of people that have had licenses for it and did some good figures, was uh, you know Game of Thrones. Never stuck beyond a couple of assortments for, for anybody. As wildly popular as it was. It was it was kind of like a moving target, and I don't think anybody's going to do a comprehensive line on that now.
1: Do you think Game of Thrones is going to be like a lost, where it was like this huge thing, and then just it was allowed to be and then ended? Or do you, th- you think they'll actually finally pick up on those uh, prequel, f- other
2: I don't know. It, dep- it, it depends on what the prequel series does. I think, like if it yeah. it comes back in a big way or whatnot. The the other thing, there there have been some of the high end twelve inch uh, figure makers like Hot Toys and whatnot. that have dabbled in this. But going back to an earlier discussion, you and I had. I'm surprised never been a solid collector Bond line. Yeah, like you would think that a Connery Bond and a Doctor No and a Goldfinger and an Odd Job. You'd think there would be a big sustainable market out there for people who would really like a comprehensive Bond line. But, you know, right right
1: I mean, around <laughs> yeah. Thunderball, they had figures and models for kids. But aside from that, I mean, we have... F- Funko is making Pop James Bonds slowly with specifics. Yeah. But aside from that, I can't think of... I mean, there's the model... Uh, Eagle Moss does a vehicle line for them. Yes. Bond, but it's never just straight figures or figurines or, yeah. That, that is, that is yeah,
2: true. I, that, that's curious to me, is that that's never really been exploited. It's a good backdrop, I think.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Let's move on to some gift ideas, sales, good places to go. Let's start with figures because we're talking about, you're going to talk about some other things, but let's start with the, the figures since we're right here. So are there any are they Black Friday exclusive figures? Like we're dropping this on Black Friday at all this year?
2: There's not as much of that, but there are some things that, are, that do have some specials and some things that are coming available last couple of days of November, first couple of days of December. Mm-hmm. There, there is kind of a... Definitely in the action figure collecting community, there's kind of a big struggle right now. Like a lot of the, the companies are big about offering retailer exclusives, and they tend to be the yeah. bane of a lot of... Collectors, because these things are incredibly difficult to get in some circumstances. Now, some some retailers are better. Amazon is much better with offering the stuff in a very easy to order capacity. They frequently limit the amounts that you can order at one time. It prevents bots mm-hmm. and and scalpers and everything from getting on it. But you know, Walmart and Target have struggled <laughs> with that. And but yeah. a lot of the places will. Offer these exclusives, but I did notice that in some Black Friday advertisements, there's some particular items that are at least for, if not on sale, but being featured or for decent prices. And uh, one of them, close to me and you, because a previous episode of the show, Playmobil has done yeah. a Back to the Future set that oh. is the, the DeLorean, and it comes with, um, it's it's got lights and, and whatnot, but it comes with Playmobil figures of Doc Brown and Marty and Einstein and uh, Marty has a skateboard and so forth, but it's a DeLorean and they've previously done things like this. They previously done an Ecto one with Ghostbusters. My, yeah, my kid is
1: that one. My son. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they've done a few of these, but it's $45 for the box set, which is, which is pretty Mm -hmm. decent. Um, but that's at Walmart, Target and other retailers. So that's generally Mm -hmm. available But it's showing up in the black Friday ads. Okay. And I think that that's going to be, There's been a lot of talk about Back to the Future this year. Michael J. Fox has just been doing a round of interviews with his book coming out. He did the commercial and Mm -hmm. everything. So I think it's on the minds of people in a way that it maybe hadn't been a year ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's interesting to see that show up. So I think that that will probably do well and get some interest. Um, Also in a lot of the big ads, and I'll come back to The Mandalorian a little bit more, but um, Hasbro's Mm -hmm. animatronic child yeah, There are different versions of the child. Build a Bear Workshop has one that's great that's got little sound things you can put in. There's plush ones with no sounds. Uh, there's a plush one about this scale that's 20 bucks. There's one slightly larger than 30 that comes in a cardboard box shell that looks like the floating pram. But the animatronic one with the movements and the facial expressions and whatnot is um, on sale for uh, 80. Add a lot of retailers for Black Friday. It's uh, it was um, on
1: Amazon. This is we're recording this the week before this episode drops. On Amazon this past week, it was sixty for like a second.
2: Yeah, and and that's um, the uh, the epic deals that Amazon has. The epic deal for a day. I grabbed a uh, Marvel Legends three pack that it was uh, the new new costume of Psylocke, Phantom X, and Nimrod, who's right here. I don't know if you can see on can, screen. Yeah, but, but massive. That box set was 80 bucks mm-hmm. and it was on sale. One day I had a $20 gift card, $25 gift card. Anyway, there was the deep, the discount on that was, was deep enough that with the gift card, I got it for $30. So I got for okay. $50 off on an Epic deal day. And that's crazy. Yeah. But if you, if you do kind of monitor those, some of the collectible things will have those sudden and deep drops. The, uh, alpha flight, that's too far down the alpha flight box that is an amazon exclusive and that has taken a couple of deep dives on a couple of shopping periods yeah that animatronic child i expect is going to be really big and the plush child in the the pouch that you see in season two yeah is has come out and i think that's going to be um pretty solid as for the collectible figure side star wars black series for viewers that are not familiar with the way that star Wars is sold. Now there's three distinct expressions of star Wars figures. There's the six inch black series, super poseable, highly detailed run about $20. Some, uh, some special ones are a little bit more than that. There's the vintage collection, which are the 3.75 also super detailed and the retro collection also 3.75, but they don't have the super detail. They have the five joint positions like the original, original 70 star
3: Wars okay. figures. had,
2: But they're, are Mandalorian characters all the way down, and I expect that those will sell very well. Right. <laughs> and oh, yeah. and the child the child that goes with the six inch black series comes in a very small box, but it's ten dollars as opposed to twenty. So I, I that's fair. You know, yeah, exactly. So so those are probably going to do well. Marvel Legends. I'm going to focus at two in particular because there's two target exclusives that went on pre order online. Their pre orders are pre-orders already sold out. But will be in stores either the last couple of days, November, first couple of days of December. I hear there's a display that goes with them, so maybe an handicap. Okay. But there's a Marvel Legends, Retro, Rogue, and Gambit.
3: Okay. Now, oh, yes, Rogue, yes.
2: Rogue and Gambit before. These are on the orange cards, like the 90s Toy Biz X-Men series. A lot of people that grew up, they're familiar with the orange cards and gambit has a paint scheme that is very like the cartoon and also his uh, first appearance in the comics mm-hmm. rogue also has the cartoon outfit there was a version of rogue in that costume a few years ago and it sold out hard and is insanely expensive on the aftermarket so again okay. these are funny and the rogue also has interchangeable hands not just the yellow glove fist but she's got one interchangeable hand that's a uncovered touching hand and Mm -hmm. the other hand is gloved, but holding the glove. So it's like as if she's taking the glove off of this hand to absorb, you know, Ah. somebody's, but, um, and it's, it looks great. And both of those went on sale just a couple of days ago on target for pre-order sold out really fast, but they will be showing up in stores. I expect those to be pretty big. I don't know what else is going to be on the display for that. There's a lot of assortments that are out right now, of different characters. There's a new Avengers assortment that's partially tied into the video game where you have some versions of characters from the game, but it also has some Avengers that have never been made in the Marvel Legends scale before. Jocasta, who was an android that was created by Ultron who turned mm-hmm. on him and joined the Avengers just like the Vision. Thunderstrike. Uh, who's Eric Masterson who was a replacement Thor in the comics in the 90s and became his own superhero, a 90s version of the Falcon. So these are all be... These are all out now.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: So I, I expect some of that. And and on the D.C. side, to give D.C. extra time, we mentioned McFarlane a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, McFarlane Toys took over the D.C. license last year, and he has been approaching a very wide net. Um, they're doing seven inch figures, very detailed stuff you're used to for McFarlane. You know, 20 plus points of articulation on the figures, but they are not limiting it to one idea. TV, comics movies they have the comprehensive license Okay, so they've got like for example an animated series version of Jon Stewart but they also have some very specific comic book versions of the figures and there's a very popular DC miniseries a couple years ago called Metal and they had a a sequel to it this year called Death Metal and um, (laughs) and part of it involves the multiverse and like these crazy versions of the figures from different universes and so forth Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of those characters that are in line that have been coming out and really hyper detailed, like really impressive looking figures from McFarlane cover a wide range of characters. They're all these different dark metal versions of Batman, for example, but also mm. they have classic versions of, you know, very comic book Superman, really cool Wonder Woman. They've got Wonder Woman 1984 figures, you know, so I got Wonder Woman
1: 1984 Doritos this summer. <laughs>
2: yeah. So. And you're going to get Wonder Woman 1984 for free. If yeah. You know. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so so that stuff is is out in force. And the the other like the, the very last D C thing is worth mentioning, the Imagine X line. Imagine X line that it's Fisher Price through wow. Mattel, where they have all the different kid expressions. The D C bit has been kind of fallow for a little bit, but the uh, blind bag figures, they're very popular. The seventh wave of the DC Imagine X blind bag figures just came out and it's got some pretty obscure characters in it to the world at large obscure, like Wildcat from the Justice oh, okay. Society. And Talon from the Court of Owls story, Killer Moth, uh, Batman villain. <laughs> Bronze I'm really? Tiger. A, yeah, that's so. It's pretty fun, and those are those are three to four dollars. piece. you can find them at Kroger. You can find them at different places uh, uh... in the in the toilet, and and a lot of the stores that have stocking stuff for aisles, those will mm-hmm. show up there. Okay. And so you know, those are those are a cool thing for collectors.
1: Yeah, we brought my son up on those x DC toys, like, and and that yep. it's like now we got the point where he, you know, he doesn't. He's, I'm like, we're gonna keep those. I'll keep those. I'll keep because they're really cool. I mean, for yeah. look, I wish I would have had something like that when I was a kid.
2: My boys are they will be in short order, 14 and 16. Mm-hmm. The, Kyle Kyle turns 14 in December, and Connor turns 16 in January, and um, they still have all their X bases and so forth. And Kyle still is like. You know, because he likes the. I think he got the completeness thing for me when he sees that there's like new money bags out. He's like, we don't have Bronze Tiger. We need to have Bronze Tiger, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's. Yeah, my kids as well. They've picked up my good and bad habits. (laughs) They're very organized. I'll tell you what, my son learned from like, he learned to count, I think, from DVDs and Blu rays because he alphabetizes things, he organizes and he knew like Spider Man one, two, three in order and he'd get mad if they weren't and he knew how to (laughs) he's got his organization skills and stuff and he does really well in school. Like they're always like he's really organized. I'm like
2: Yep. Yeah. I I do think that there's a lot of positive side effects to collecting and and so forth. I I do think that it
1: um I mean it, it. not good on the anxiety sometimes, but
2: <laughs> no. They they dropped a uh, Target exclusive two pack a couple of months ago. Marvel mm-hmm. Legends that was the Storm Runner first appearance costume, right? And Thunderbird who was a member of the X Men that joined in the Giant Size X Men one. These were a two pack. I've been advocating for these to be in the Marvel Legends line for years. I don't know how many times I mentioned in columns, hey, you right. need to make. And they finally say, we're going to make them. And it's a Target exclusive. And I was like, God damn it. And when I went to order the pre order the first day, like nobody got them. They were sold out in a minute. And then they put the, they had an actual hard on sale date, which Mm. was a Sunday. (laughs) So I I literally. Everybody's available. (laughs) Went to the store when Target opened and, and got it, you know? But it was one of those things that was just like, you said like you said there's an anxiety that sometimes mm-hmm. gets attached to it yeah yeah you know, Bless my wife she was really uh, understanding of, of of that particular mania
1: <laughs> right I and it's, it's funny I was talking the previous ep- episode uh, Stephanie Crawford and I were talking about the vinegar syndrome sale which goes on sale Thanksgiving Eve at 1201 and there's these limited titles and there's a whole lot of website lag crashing not getting your cart right and we're like It's crazy, but there's a thrill to it (laughs) that is hard to explain, and it goes with. I mean, it's all aspects of you know collecting. Get that, but yeah, it's it's hard to explain. It's like it's good and it's bad, and there's FOMO as the kids say, and it's
3: yeah.
2: And and I think too that there's like I think I dug the thrill of the hunt more when I was in my twenties than in my forties. Because it's just like, man, I can just order this online and go to bed,
1: (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. Now I can just order online. I don't have to go wait in some (laughs) toy store's parking lot. I don't have to. The days of having to tell the people at a retail place how to do their job or where to find things is over. Because it's stuff they don't tend to like care about. I mean, I've told Best Buy employees, you know, no, I looked there. I looked. I just go in the back. There's going to be a box. It looks. It just. Yeah, grab it. You guys didn't put it out. It's a catalog title, but it is new. Should be out here today. Oh, what do you know? Here it is. Or the the first step is <laughs> go look. I'm Like, nope. Don't just.
2: Yeah,
3: don't. yeah.
1: But not to rag on them.
2: If you don't, if you if it's not your thing, then it's hard mm-hmm. to, you know. What are you? What are some You're of your favorite people? Everyone so
1: Yeah. What are some of your favorite places online and in sort of like pick up figures at? currently oh, so well, people can be on the lookout
2: for... I'm a big believer in Hasbro Pulse. Mm-hmm. You know, Hasbro Pulse is very solid. You know, some people will complain about this or that, but I find them to be very solid. I mean, they have an easy-to-use site. The thing that they, people mainly complain about is that they will sometimes get you the stuff after people have received it from other places. Okay. And part of that, if, if I'm if I understand it correctly, the mechanism is that they send everything out to fill their orders first, mm-hmm. and then they fill their orders because they have everything.
3: Gotcha. So,
2: but when you look at Hasbro as an entity, what they have under their umbrella is Marvel, Star Wars, GI Joe, Transformers, Ghostbusters—you know, all these other different elements—and they have fairly regular podcasts where they. I uh, will go on Facebook Live or on YouTube, and the, the brand managers from Star Wars, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and Transformers in particular will come and communicate with the fans. This oh. is what we're working on. This is what's coming out. This is the exclusive that's coming up. In two months, you'll be able to order this. Check this out. This is what's in development. We want to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good about that. And then, you know, sometimes they'll say, hey, four o'clock on Tuesday, this is what's going to go up for pre order. Okay. And, and they just did that last week. They added. Moff Gideon, Grief Karga, and Queel to the Star Wars Black Series. And those went up at 4 p.m. that day. And so people wanted to pre-order, they could pre-order from Hasbro directly. And if oh. you're a, a premium member, then shipping's free. And oh, cool. they don't charge you until it's ready to ship. So you can pre-order all day long. I
1: love that. It's my favorite pre-order is Yeah, not till it ships.
2: I've also like... had really good experiences with Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth, some of whom get exclusives to them as mm-hmm. stores. As well, but you know, I I have a lot of good things to say about Hasbro Pulse, and and I would say that's probably where I have gotten a lot of things over the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, and I do. You know, it's funny you mentioned those exclusives that stores will get uh, earlier, and I thought I think it's funny when you go to like a shopping mall at least all those places are right within walking distance of each other. And <laughs> right. then you'll go into like a locally here, we have a think geek store and you go in there and they have like the other store stuff. And you're like, wait, isn't that like a GameStop exclusive, but yeah. you got it. I don't know how that works, but maybe they're owned by the same, probably the same umbrella. But I do find that funny when you can just walk around to each of them and grab it. Let's see, what do you think? What's your opinion? I know it's kind of like people ought to dog them a lot, but what's your opinion on like the Funko brand? Like I know, it's very popular, but there's a lot of people that like to hate on the Funko
2: oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I think that um, you know this. This probably sounds really dumb. I think they're fun. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. they're they're really fun. My my son Kyle in particular is really into them, and I've got nothing against that at all because it's you know it's like yeah. if that's somebody's thing. And, and there's a, I've got a few of of my own. And I have very few. I have like three Game of Thrones ones. Okay. Um, I got John Snow, Ghost, and One One, the Giant. Yeah, everybody's um, got
1: them in their house. I mean, yeah, you can hate, I, but you probably own a couple. <laughs> you
2: know, right? I've got those, and uh, Kyle stole my Doctor Strange one a long time ago because he <laughs> <laughs> he's very into the Marvel, and lately he's been very into particularly the Fantastic Four characters. So the FF, Galactus, Herbie the Robot. You know, he's mm-hmm. been getting those. He's also into the horror ones, and he asked for me to find Buffy and Angel ones for Christmas right? Uh, because we recently finished with the boys, you know, great, great things for quarantine. We watched the entirety of Buffy and Angel four like interspersed, you know, we, we did awesome. it That's awesome. Yeah. And so we're on Angel season five now in you know, the final season, but that really activated that fandom for the guys in a way. I have and some uh, of the
1: Titans, bu- uh, Titan Buffy mini oh, series that they I, have.
2: I have, uh, when they did the, the Mac collectibles and then the diamond select mm-hmm. Buffy line that went for several years. Uh, I have a bunch of those. Okay. But but it's an oddly incomplete line because they stopped at a certain point. And like, there's some really significant characters that never got made. Like they never made a gun. And there's, there's a lot of other people that never got made that you would, uh, to, to feel like that was a, a finished line.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I found it funny. Like I started getting those, I used to go to the comic book store and like a Wednesday and they had them and i buy one with my comics, and I wound up, oddly enough, here's what I wound up with, I wound up with Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Oz, and then two variant Buffys, I'm like, wow, I got like a gang, (laughs) like right there, I would have liked a Giles, would have been complete, but it was weird how I I got like a vampire, uh, Buffy is a vampire, and a Buffy is a cheerleader is the variant, so, and I've got the classic black uh, tank with the red pants, Um, yes, But it's kind of funny how that worked out. But you no, know, I Funko, I think has you know they do things that a lot of people have copied, and they gave me a Snake Pliskin action figure for crying out loud, and Jack Burton the retroactive line.
2: How can yeah. you hate that? How can you? yeah hate that? I, I I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff, and I think that um their ability to get a license for anything is pretty yeah. impressive. I mean they they have literally everything. Star I think Wars, they're gonna DC yeah. every conceivable movie, you know Twin Peaks. Right. You know, got, the, the depth is incredible.
1: Yeah, and they're gonna prove to be a gateway for a younger crowd to get into bigger collecting and innovative to be creators later on with stuff. And yeah. I um, another line I like that I that I pick up is the Toony Terrors. Those you know cartoon variations yes. on Jason. I I love those.
2: Yeah, I saw um, Ash and Ghostface recently mm-hmm. for the Tuy terrors those are pretty great those are
1: another place I I love to death Eagle Moss I Ooh. love their figurines that's where mo- a lot of I just can't stop buying Doctor Who figurines they have uh their Harry <laughs> Potter stuff is terrific I don't have much of that and they have D- a DC that's, license that's and another, a Star Trek license
2: yeah Harry Potter is another one that, that it kills me that they've never been able to sustain a great ongoing line like McFarlane mm-hmm. has Harry Potter Oh, okay. And it's only done four figures. Oh. And it just didn't go anywhere. He did a, a run, a Herm- like, a, it was around, uh, like, Order of the Phoenix-ish. Okay. To Deathly Hot, like, older. Uh Harry, Ron, Hermione, and a Voldemort. And each one had, like, Voldemort came with Nagini, and Harry came with Patronus, and so forth. And they just died. I mean, they looked mm-hmm. great. But nothing else happened. And, like, when they first announced it, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to get, like, Cho-chan. Yeah. We're going to get, you know, nothing. Nothing. They, ah. I think it was. I think maybe there was a bit of like with the movies over and everything that they were just the the time for for that, but which is kind of depressing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's
1: a theme park. They have their own theme park now. I mean, it's pretty much what people go to Universal for. So yeah, yeah. It's it's surprising that there's not some bigger line, but yeah, the the Eagle Moss ones are really cool, and they offer a subscription based thing too. But I. My, my baby there is the doctor Who stuff and they've just their the line of that one is coming to its end of their doctor Who license It could renew, but they've warned that their the number because they number their sets and yep. the number the, they extended it for about 50 of them and it's it's I think it's closing in on a number but wow. what they have already done is awesome. but I, I'm mad though because the UK site, has these really cool t-shirts that I want. (laughs) But the UK site, even before pandemic, doesn't ship to the US. And I want those shirts. And I even tweeted them. I was like, hey, Eagle Moss US, I would really like if you carried these shirts the UK has. They're awesome. I'd buy them for the UK, but they won't ship here even pre-pandemic. And then they liked my tweet and that was it. I was like, (laughs) respond,
2: show up on the site. We, we like some, that very much. We're, we're yeah. glad you like it. Mr. Right. Ring.
1: Which they are—they're having a a Black Friday or a Black Friday or like holiday ish sale. I think it's like twenty percent off, or maybe it's like buy one get something off. Um, Sideshow Collectibles is having ten percent off. Ooh, <laughs> there goes your tax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: and then Entertainment Earth is having up to eighty percent off. I noticed on things. So
2: yeah, they they've got some. Th- there were a couple of. Um, Things that were like blinking you Missed on Entertainment Earth, which Entertainment Earth as a site is pretty great because they're they're pretty comprehensive and they will carry stuff for a while. Like even if you know a lot of other places might not have it, Entertainment Earth will still have it. And uh, it may just be because of buying power or just depth of what they order or whatnot, but they right. they have they they go pretty far back in lines sometime. They're a good place to to fill things in. Like if, if you miss something, they might have it. They've also been picking up um, another pain in the ass exclusive for Walgreens, Marvel Legends exclusive. Okay. And Entertainment Earth has been picking up some of those exclusives like six months or so after the fact. Liquidation. Well, maybe there's like an aftermarket deal with them too. That like oh, that's when cool. on Walgreens, then, then Entertainment Earth can open, can offer uh, those figures. Awesome. And, and there are a couple bucks more, but you know, it, it Sometimes it, if it can just save you the frustration, it's worth it.
3: (laughs) But
1: yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's that's figures. Uh, Let's move over now to comics and books and comics. Um, I I struggled. I didn't want to cause trouble. I wanted to call (laughs) this episode books, comics, and things, which was my comic book store when I was growing up. But I wanted this to mainly focus on figures we have a lot and then books comics and things but i didn't want to hey you're copying that so i just wanted to yeah. note i love that name it means a lot to me cuz i grew up going shopping there even when it was just it was just a little room now it's a whole floor but anyways yeah <laughs> comics and books my comic book reading ew it ebbs and flows i've had hardcore moments i get in specific spots currently i'm comic bookless even though I was for a while, I was only reading Ibon Press, which was putting out. Which they flourished. They're a subscription-based or uh, independent, uh, made-to-order. Uh, they were doing Lucio Fulci adaptations, yeah, and, and taking liber and, and kind of taking liberties with them and extending them, flushing them out, and for fourteen bucks a month. And they started other deals, but you'd get like a slip cover for the comic. It'd come with stickers and stuff, and like a little pricing guide, and like other little like. And it came in a cool box, and it was really, I mean, for 14 bucks, independent comic, really nice paper, good colors, and I was loving those. But then I got in a jam where I was just, you know, fifteen bucks for a comic uh, every month because they did, uh, they did the zombie, they did the B- they did uh, they're they're up to the beyond now, but they did. Um, House by the Cemetery and City of the Living Dead. And then they were doing Maniac, all sorts of like B movie stuff after Fulcher, yeah. But uh, they're kicking ass. And they come with like little vinyls they've had made for them with uh, custom music to listen to while you read. And, uh, but that's, that's all I got. I'm going to plug them, plug those guys because they're doing awesome. I haven't bought a comic book from you guys in a bit, but that's a cool site. And they have like a Maniac, their second series of Maniac coming out Black Friday. It's got to deal with that. But, that's my comic book plug, but Troy, you are in it with the comics.
2: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start with just a generic plug for some of the smaller presses. I I think that people should check out vault scout comics, behemoth and action lab among others. They are really welcoming to a lot of independent creators or a lot of people who are working in larger companies, but that are doing uh, creator own material through them. And, uh, they are taking risks. There's a really, and the pandemic really hurt the industry for a while. I mean, it really did. But part of the problem with new book development is that there's a lot of places that aren't putting money into creator-owned stuff. I mean, you can't get a page Mm -hmm. rate on creator-owned. A lot of people have to, you know, if you're pitching a book, you've got to, in a lot of circumstances, you need to come in with, here's my outline here's my artist that's already attached maybe here's my colorist here's like six pages ten pages the whole first issue done <laughs> you know? and it's All one right. thing if you're a writer but artists cost money and so more and more people have turned to kickstarter and you find a lot of great comics on on kickstarter but the problem with you know a christmas idea of that is that many of those books don't get delivered for months you know after you them because in some cases they just need to get completed and printed which is not a speedy mm-hmm. operation it is a good place to go and hang out and find things but I, I think that some of those small presses will will have some stuff that will uh, be of interest but I did I did pick five things to kind of highlight uh, just in, in general and we can we can do that pretty quickly okay um, yeah favorite, yeah just my my favorite thing in comics the past couple of years has been the X-Men line revamp that Jonathan Hickman spearheaded. Started with a mini-series, uh, two mini-series that were interconnected called House of X Powers of Tenet, which is an X as well. <laughs> but what what he's done is that he he has turned a couple of key concepts on their head and done some really interesting things and totally invigorated the line. Both of those miniseries, because they're two six issue miniseries. Are now available in a single hardcover that normally goes for about $60, but is presently $33 on Amazon. So it's 12 issues in a hardcover, fantastic art, tremendous story, and it sets up all the other stuff. Because it spun off a whole bunch of new number ones out of it, like a new X Men series that Hickman himself writes. He also writes a new Mutant series. The new Mutant series features a lot of the classic New Mutants cast and a couple of members of Generation X.
1: Now available on 4K Ultra HD.
3: Yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then there's an X-Force book The Marauders book that uh, uh, Kitty Pride headlines is, is great what's cool is that there's a lot of fun and a lot of inventiveness and they've done a lot of like really weird shit <laughs> but it's but because it's Hickman and Hickman has done this before with Fantastic Four and Avengers he'll tell a very long multi-year story that encompasses a whole bunch of different ideas and everything and then he'll get to the end of it and then he's gone and he just hands it off to the next people Okay. And, and and so he's in the midst of this X-Men thing, but house of X powers of 10 hardcover is the place to start. If you're curious about that and it will be available at your local retailer. And I recommend the hardcover just because of how nice it is and, and how solid is how solidly made Marvel's hardcovers are They tend to do a really good job with that. I want to recommend the book bitter root from image, which, um, you know, as, as the name might suggest, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it's, you know, if you're familiar with uh, different things, it, it's it's an interesting alternative world take on superheroics and minority issues at the same time. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that is uh, very lauded. It's been critically acclaimed, it won some awards. It's a very interesting kind of book, and I won't say too much about it. You just kind of
1: okay. have, to, so. gonna have to go with you on it, that one.
2: Image Comics. Kind of ex- uh, and one more Marvel thing, the current run of Avengers that Jason Aaron writes, and he's had, Jason Aaron has had other artists. Ed McGinnis has been the primary artist, but other people have come in and out. But if you're familiar with comics, you know, every few years they kind of reboot the Avengers title. There's like a new number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Aaron has done this really great, fun, crazy, globe-trotting, universe-trotting Avengers book that his main idea is that there's six core members and a rotating seventh member Hmm. that comes in and out and he's done a lot of crazy supernatural shit in the book so you have cap and thor iron man and captain marvel and and she hulk and uh different characters but you know he's also rotated through dr strange and blade and moon knight and there's been these international concerns going on with like squadron supreme the uh winter guard you know, and all these other groups of characters that makes it interesting. and it kind of gives it an international flavor and scope. Mm-hmm. And he's taken some minor characters and uh, really elevated them and made them fun. Like Ursa Major, who is, if people don't know, Ursa Major is a uh, Russian superhero. In his power is he turns into a giant, super strong bear. But they, they've made the character kind of just hilarious. You know, they've really done a lot of cool stuff with that. And uh, they also, in that book, introduced a team that was working under Black Panther called the Agents of Wakanda. But what they did was they took just like all the cool freak characters that you like mm-hmm. and put them on. What, like Fat Cobra, who was a backup character from Iron Fist and Gorilla Man from Agents of Atlas, like all these like cool, like tertiary characters. They just made them like Black Panther's guys. <laughs>
3: and,
2: and so he's like, like these, this, this network of agents, Kazar from the Savage Land and Zabu, Sabretooth Tiger. But the book's just fun. It's like a fun superhero book, and a lot of the trades for that are very inexpensive on Amazon and online retailers. Like you can get the first mm-hmm. trade to the first six issues of that for twelve bucks, which is great. <laughs> you know, yeah. the comics now cost three ninety nine a piece. So if you're getting six three ninety nine comics, that's twenty four dollars. You get the trade to the first six issues for thirteen bucks. That's a deal.
3: Yeah, and
2: and, and you get a uh, good reading experience. On, on the DC side, there's been a lot of good stuff. You know, the Batman uh, Last Night on Earth hardcover is very, very good. Scott Snyder's run on Justice League. But um, I also want to recommend uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which is a really cool post apocalyptic Wonder Woman story. Okay. And uh, you don't get to say that very often. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's. it's Caught cool my interest when, there. Hmm. It's cool when you take a classic character and, and put him through changes. You know, The Dark Knight Returns was very much like that or yeah. uh, you know batman long halloween superman for all seasons but you know it's it's cool when wonder woman gets her turn on that so that's uh what i would recommend and the last thing uh that i really want to recommend and this is this is totally nepotism but <laughs> it's my buddy david Hepos. david has written things for action lab and he's got stuff going to other places but david Has written some really cool, eye-catching books. He's nominated for a couple of Ringo Awards. Okay, uh, but his his uh, he's got two mini series of Spencer and Locke, which David pitches as uh, Calvin and Hobbes meet Sin City,
3: um,
2: (laughs) which is which is awesome. One one is a traumatized police detective. The other is his childhood stuffed animal that he sees as his partner. And uh, (laughs) that's yeah. Yeah, and it's it's awesome, but it's he doesn't stop there. Like the first mini series is really a turn on Calvin and Hobbes with like characters that are evocative of Susie and the teacher and things. The second mini series does the does the same trick to like Beetle Bailey and High and Lois, like the Beetle oh, Bailey, who's wow. a traumatized vet and <laughs> you know, rings and changes and a. I know a little bit about what the third one is going to be, and I can't say anything. Oh, anything, but all right.
1: So, People who know things on this show, because yeah, we had Stephanie Crawford. She knew what the, the two remaining mystery vinegar syndrome titles were, but she couldn't. She to secrecy. She couldn't tell. So,
2: yeah, what's well, <laughs> a my, theme my, here. My hint's lasagna. Oh, <laughs> but, but there you uh, go. But he's also got. Uh, A new book coming out called Scouts Honor, which is sort of like, what what if society collapsed? But the people trying Mm -hmm. to hold the order together were a cult that um, their religious text is a scouts manual. And I've seen the first issue of that. It's badass. And um, he kickstarted a book called The OZ, which is basically Oz meets Fury Road. (laughs) And Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's what you think. (laughs) Yeah. But, That's but good. It, That's it, good it, mashup you know, up there. Yeah. a real gift for conceptualizing this just absolute crazy shit. But he's also got a background in like stand-up comedy and he's just a really, he was a journalist. So he's, he's got, he looks at things with really skewed perspective, brings all these different ideas to it. It's like all of his mm-hmm. books are cool. He has a website, davidpepos.com. You can order those books. Oh, going to the chapel too, which is pretty great, which is um, about a uh, wedding that turns into a heist. Okay. Um, which, which, uh, that's going to be a movie. I, you know, he's, he's had a couple options on a couple of his things. Going to the chapel, someone is going to make that into a movie and people are going to love it because it is, it, it is crazy. Awesome. <laughs> you know? So I David Pepos dot cuts David P E P O S E dot com. Maybe Brandon can put that in under the, uh, <coughs> <laughs> excuse me. I can, uh, make little sparkles as I try hands But, uh, um, so, that that was my my comic thoughts. I didn't know if you wanted to go right into.
1: We'll books. go right into books. Um, there's a there's a well known for any season of the year book called Inhabited that's available now.
2: <laughs> hey, look at that right there.
1: There you go. It's available <laughs> now. I have read it. It's awesome.
2: Thank you, thank you. Uh, my my oldest just read it. Oh, um, okay. I kind of held off on letting him read it, but um, during. During the pandemic, yeah, because it came out last year, uh, yeah, we, we, we kind of gave him the gave him the green light for Stephen King, and so he's he's going okay, order. yeah, he's going in order, and he I uh, just finished Dead Zone, and I said, hey man, if you want to read Inhabited, you can go ahead. So he he <laughs> <laughs> he read it, and he really liked it, which was cool. It was cool to me because he was talking yeah about that... <laughs> stuff, and uh, Kyle has read the first story so far. I don't know if he's gone past that yet, but. It is, it, it was fun. So it, what what Brandon's referring to is Inhabit is my short story collection. It's horror short stories. There's ten stories in it. It's available on Amazon. It's free if you're a Kindle Unlimited reader, and it's uh, six forty nine to get it in paperback.
1: Gotcha. I also want to plug uh, Prez Maxon, guest on the show last week, or no, yeah, last week sorry I get these mixed up in Not my head he, he has his new novel dropping on Black Friday so I don't know he didn't say the title or anything he says trying something new but it's going to be available on Amazon on Black Friday so you come on the show here you have a book right everybody's written one
2: <laughs> yeah I'll I'll come back when I I, I I had to put it aside for a little bit because we didn't take some time off but I, I'm still working on the the novel I did mention last time so that it's going to yep. be quite some time before done gotcha uh, but I'll I'll rattle the chains when it's done (laughs) for for books by other people and this is this is a good one if you've got young kids dk publishing i'm a big fan of dk you probably grew up knowing dk Mm -hmm. eyewitness books and whatnot but dk has an extensive publishing program that goes to fandom uh they've done dr who encyclopedias they've done a lot of star wars books d60 marvel whatnot uh they have a marvel book coming out december 1st okay that's called, it, it's one of their like 300 page big reference source books. I and mean, I read the whole title because it's lengthy. Marvel Myths and Legends, the Epic Origins of Thor, the Eternals, Black Panther, and the Marvel Universe. And what it is, they've done these character specific guides over time. They've done for Cap and Spider-Man and what? They've never done one for Thor. But what they did was they took Thor and put him with a bunch of the cosmic characters. Oh, okay. Um, like the Eternals and, and whatnot. And it's kind of evocative of a new direction they're going in where they're like putting anchor characters and then doing other stuff around them. Because in 2021, they also have one coming out called Marvel Monsters that will include like the alien monsters, but also like Werewolf by Night and stuff. And then they've got one that's called The Way of the Warrior, which is a Shang-Chi cover and focuses on Marvel's martial artists and stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you're going to be bulking him up to promote the movie too, yeah
2: yeah they're all these they're these reference guides but they're like very readable you know great art right from the comics they give character histories and whatnot they're just a lot of fun most of the time they're structured in a uh, chronological way so that mm-hmm. you can learn about the history of a character from you know the 40s or the 60s or whatever on up and you know it, it's a good resource but kids really enjoy reading them like sometimes especially if you have a kid that has a that you have a hard time getting them to read, you anchor it in a character or something that they enjoy, and you give them something like one of these big DK reference books, you'd be amazed at how many hours they spend on absorbing that. They are normally can run like 40 bucks or whatever for a big hardcover like that, but the the uh, myths, Marvel Myths and Legends is pre-ordering at Amazon for $25. Oh, okay. That's something. Which, which is pretty great. And then uh, something else I wanted to mention, you had book drops over the summer in October. Uh, Jim Butcher, who writes the uh, Dresden Files series. Okay. You know, very popular urban fantasy series. And there's a big gap between book 15. Because he has a couple of series going. He's got like a high fantasy series and stuff. But uh, when the the Dresden Files book 15 came out, there was a couple of years where there you know he didn't have anything. And then book 16, Peace Talks came out this year. And as that was getting ready to come out, he's like, oh, by the way, 17 is coming in a couple of months. Ah. And so he, Peace Talks of Battleground dropped like that. And so if you've got fantasy fans and whatnot, even if they're not up to book 16, 17, Dresden Files is a real good way to go.
3: <laughs> right.
2: And like, especially with those new books, you might know people that have been waiting on those. Mm-hmm. There's usually a new Expanse book around this time. But uh, the ninth and final book of the Expanse isn't coming out until next year. Oh, okay. So it's a little. Otherwise, I would have been in like, "And the Expanse is out," because I would have been. Because <laughs> for quite a long time, they came out in December. Okay. Uh, but it's it's delayed for the final book in the series, and uh, my kids have been joking about wanting to get me the sixth Game of Thrones book for about you know seven years now, and yeah, never gets old. <laughs> I felt really bad. Connor was. Connor really wanted to get me the winds of winter for my birthday one time because he knew that that was Mm -hmm. the the next game of Thrones book. And I think, you know, my wife kind of like let him down gently like, Oh, it's, it's not coming out yet. And I think he might've been nine and he's turned 16. (laughs) 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 So, you know, it's, it's one of those, but I would love to say, Hey, guess what? You know, Black Friday morning,
3: <laughs> but, yeah.
2: but who knows? But yeah, it it, it is a weird time. I, every once in a while, if you get on uh, during Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can find incredible book deals on existing series. You can find versions like box sets and omnibuses that you might not find other times of the year. Gotcha. So I say, you know, outside of just general recommendations, like if you're if you're a reader, if you have a reader in your life, you know. If, you, if you're familiar with their tastes, there's always going to be things out there that you can pick up. Or uh, just uh, as a baseline recommendation, if you know horror fans, like you know somebody that's really into horror, any of David J. Scull's books are great. You know, he's a historian and a film uh, historian and a cultural historian, and he's done books like The Monster Show is a great book on the history of American horror cinema, but he's done books specifically about the D- Draculon film he did a really great biography of Bram Stoker, which is cool as hell. And he did one that's on the history of Halloween. So, David J. Skull, which is called S K A L, any of his stuff, if you got horror fans in your life, would be. Gotcha. A, they might not have seen it before.
1: I have, speaking of Halloween, I have Taking Shape 2, which is by Dustin McNeil and friend of the show, Travis Mullins. Uh, they did a book called Taking Shape, which was kind of the sort of a b- production history of the Halloween movie and its sequels, mainly focusing on the sequels because we all know the stories of Halloween. Right. And I, I talked about the book on one of the early episodes of my show, uh, the 4K Blues Day when I was showing stuff because I just finished it. But Shaking Shape 2 is now about unproduced sequels that the that book, the first book kind of tapped on, but this really goes into what didn't happen, what directions people were sent in, scripts they didn't use, which... Dustin McNeil, who wrote these books, also wrote The uh, Slash of the Titans, which was about all the Freddy vs. Jason scripts that never got used. So This <laughs> yeah. guy's kind of making a name for himself in this field, but that that's a good... I haven't read Taking Shape 2, but I, going off the first book, even as someone who knew a lot about Halloween, they made the stuff I knew already about fun, and there was little trinkets that I didn't know, there was stuff I really didn't know. It was... So even if you think you're the most up and up of knowledge, it's still a good read for that, for Halloween fans. I also think the, uh, I'm a coffee table book guy, love coffee table books. And if you're a film, if you got a film lover, J.W. Rintzler has, like, the best books. Like, he did The Making of Star Wars, it's where he kind of got his name. And he's got Making of Planet of the Apes. He did Alien recently. There's an Indiana Jones one, yeah. too. But he goes into the vaults of the studios. He's got notes taped conversations all sorts like anybody can if you've read those books no one can question you about star wars you know more about star wars than anybody and when they're bitching about stuff well, george lucas always these books show you they were making shit up as they went you want to talk about a pre-planned trilogy no no he had ideas of things but See their pants. And there was a whole expansive, you know, you find out like the um, Star Wars wasn't supposed to be a trilogy. He just got tired and wanted to cap it off because Boba Fett was introduced in Empire Strikes Back to be the main villain of the third movie that then they decided somewhere in the pre-production of Empire wasn't going to happen. They were going to finish it next time or something like that. And Vader was going to take the movie off. There was going to be a hunt for mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker's sister across the galaxy. He was supposed to have a sister in a lot of the early stories, but it was not Leia. <laughs> but you find these notes and things out, and these these conversations, and who comes up with what, and it's outstanding. So you find out this Planet of the Apes, like he's raiding the Fox vaults. I guess <laughs> that's yeah the movies he's going after. But he's it's terrific, and unfortunately, they cut him off from Star Wars around like the prequel time or he was supposed to do one on force awakens and due to probably not wanting publicized production issues. That's probably the, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't want that out there. Uh, yeah. Every year they were like a coffee table or a gift from me. I usually put a coffee table book in my gift ideas <laughs> every year. And through three years, I got the star Wars ones and I have, I have the Planet of the apes. I don't have the Indiana Jones or the alien one, but they've got photos, like pictures of the notes. It's, it's good stuff. And then, Another film book uh, that's probably the the one with the most buzz of the year is The Big Goodbye, which is about the production of Chinatown and how it affected the world of Hollywood around it uh, by Sam Wasson, which has actually got picked up and is going to be a movie directed by Ben Affleck, I think. Oh, wow. Um, but um, it kind of got... It was like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did really well, and they picked this up thinking that could be in that vibe. Yeah. But... I, I don't I don't know if it will be or not, but it's a it's a good book. And I guess if I have to suggest fiction, I, I I'd say the uh, this is from last year, but I really like the Doctor Who Target Storybook, which is if you're a Doctor Who fan, I guess mm-hmm. uh, the they used to back in the day they did novelizations of the episodes, right? Because you couldn't record them, and they were Target novelizations. They had to be a specific length, so they were either. Some of them will wind up too short. Some of them will wind up too long. But they'd have to write stuff that wasn't in the episodes. They'd add scenes here or there. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So what they did here is they took each Doctor and they found like a little in-between thing to write a story between episodes as if it would have been in the target. And they got a bunch of different writers from the television show and different aspects of Doctor Who to do it. And it's from 13th Doctor... Uh, down the line, and even the war doctors included. Oh wow! Uh, but it's some of them not good, some of them really good. It's actually got—I think—the last thing Terence Dix, who was the longtime writer of Doctor who, yeah. who, passed away. I think this has got his last Doctor Who story contribution. He writes a really good second Doctor Patrick Trouton story. That's like got this like it's almost Twilight Zone Doctor Who wow. the way it plays out. It's really good. Um, Joy Wilkinson, who wrote one of the 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 witchfinder general episode of the 13th doctor she wrote one in there that just feels like you're watching tv like she has the characters down she has the feeling down and it like you have no trouble picturing everything in your head and it just feels like natural like it's she's just aced it but there's a lot of good stories in there there's one that tries to include Tom Baker's fourth Doctor in the Five Doctors special because he famously right. didn't want to come back for it. Yeah. But they they show what he was doing at the time. That's his story. So, uh, but that's a re- it's a really fun book. I enjoy. I like. I pick up, read a story a day, and move on. But I, I really like that book a lot. But that yeah, but that's that's I guess that's my book recommendations.
2: You know, I don't know what the date is on it, but did you hear about the announcement you mentioned once upon a time in Hollywood that Tarantino was doing mm-hmm. a novelization? Yeah, the paperback. That's yeah. yeah. I
1: like that. That's great.
2: Yeah, I, I just wasn't sure of the release date. I mean, it was just announced. Yeah. But then uh, He's also doing a book on that deal that's uh, essays and thoughts on film. And mm-hmm. sort of like his version of criticism, he said it's inspired by Pauline Kael. That oh. It'll be interesting to, to see that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cheap
1: and I kid. like that he's, he's going that cheap paperback novel way, route with it because – a person like him could have, could have been a $50 hardcover, right. you know, and he's making it fun and accessible and true to the kind of film, like, you know, it'd be a book that, you know, uh, Rick Dalton would be reading on set, you know? Yeah,
2: it's, and I, I do think it's interesting when people take their talents in a, in a different way like that.
3: Mm-hmm. It,
2: you know, he, he's always talked about stopping directing, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see if he, if he does go the... Yeah, well, I think he stopped
1: bit. directing feature films. Right. I wouldn't put it past him to move to a directing a different medium. But I am, you know, if he, if he stops, he stops. If not, yeah, you know, John Carpenter stopped because he didn't feel he had anything left to say.
2: And I mean, that's that's why Billy Joel stopped making him. new albums, just touring on the old mm-hmm. stuff. He said, "Leave the writing to the younger guys." Yeah, I would be surprised if Rodriguez had a good time directing his episode of The Mandalorian. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tarantino show up.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh
2: <laughs> at some point
1: <laughs> for sure uh do we have any other like notable collectibles we want to talk about here for before we head on out um, take this out
2: you know it's uh it, it's one of those things where I think that you know a lot of people who are dialed into a particular area will kind of know what they're after but I, I, right. I did mention like a stray comment about Hasbro the ghostbusters figures yeah there's probably a lot of ghostbusters fans who would really dig the uh what they call the ecto series that's the they're 20 they're in that kind of high-end uh star mm-hmm. wars black slash marvel Legends style you can get them at target right now they have all four uh ghostbusters and dana okay and, uh gozer you know and then there's a uh i think that there's an exclusive dog <laughs> that has revolts as but even You know, check that out on Hasbro Pulse and see what is all available in the line and where they're available. They're available in regular stores and they're also orderable online. It's cool to see that available. It was it came down to just like a money thing for me. You know, I could easily have gotten Mm -hmm. the Ghostbusters because I love Ghostbusters, but it was one of those things that's like, yeah, but if I buy those, that's like another eighty for the four, and I know I'm going to want, you know, (laughs) it opens like oh, go hard or don't even try. (laughs) <laughs> Lewis Dolly.
1: He just look and you go. Well, I bet that's fun to collect. Exactly.
2: I- <laughs> exactly. But you <laughs> know, considering probably the the high probability of Ghostbusters fans who are watching. And yeah, uh, I, I don't. They also
1: it- have a Eagle Moss line too of Ghostbusters, so they they have that license as well. So that's bring keep tooting the Eagle Moss horn. They're not paying me. I just. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no! I, I think it's entirely fair to recommend stuff that you personally mm-hmm. enjoy yourself because it can yeah. be an honest place. I mean, it, it's one thing if you're like, and you know, Brandon Peters was paid by Eagleman. You know, it's, it's right. another thing that if you if you wholeheartedly enjoy a thing and then talk about it. I mean, I think that's fair. Then.
1: If they want to pay me a free product, I will talk about them every week. So
2: yeah, I, you know, like like the House of X powers a ten. I legit haven't enjoyed a big two comic in years as much as mm-hmm. I enjoyed that miniseries in the books that came out of it. I mean, it was, you know, I just really loved what they were doing. And I'm happy to tell people they should check it out.
1: All right. That'll wrap us up for this 2020 holiday gift guide. And it has been a good week on the show here. Troy, thank you again, as always, for coming on the show. It's always a privilege, every time.
2: Thank you for having
1: me. Every time and have you. Any notable articles or ones that are posted now or upcoming that you'd like to tell everybody to go out and check out?
2: you know, in a related note here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be looking at the most popular toys of the last 75 years for the post. And I'm not sure exactly what shape that article is going to take. Cause I'm, I'm working on it now, but we had talked about it as like last 50 years. And I wanted to go last 75. Cause that puts it at the end of world war two, which okay. uh, society really changed. And then like very shortly into the fifties and you've got like the hula hoop and, you know mm-hmm. the the cowboy toys. Of, you know and, for kids. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but you know that also very in, in very rapid succession you have Barbie, you have GI Joe. You know, and then you're you know there's there's a lot of interesting ways that that goes. But mm-hmm. It's not just one thing. I mean, I'm just as likely to talk about the easy bake oven as I am to talk about mm-hmm. transformers in that piece. And gotcha. it may be a couple of pieces. It may you know it may be longer than that. But but no, I I write a variety of stuff every week on the post. Also, if you're into checking out my comic, Spark Shooter, my long running webcomic is on webtoons now. It's been getting the webtoons treatment. So the sixth chapter will be going up pretty soon. Now that's if you're long, if you've read that before, then that's older material, but this is being presented in Webtoons for the first time, like in their format. Gotcha. App reader and everything. So But uh, I I really like the webtoons transfer and uh, House One Thirty Seven slash All Comics is who does that for me. They do a great job. They make it look really spectacular. So,
1: and uh, where can people find you on the socials?
2: Ooh, well, um, on Twitter at Troy Brownfield, and I'm on Facebook. If they uh, dare to go that far, (laughs) (laughs) they they can easily find me on Twitter and Facebook. And it's not
1: on Par not on Parlor yet.
2: Uh, no, I will not be <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait, Which is the First time the I made likely, that joke Which is the most likely part Sure, scan the front and back of my driver's license Or yes, I'll take part in your uh, Psyops thing
1: Yeah All right <laughs> Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, not on Parlor either, at Brandon4KUHD, written work at com. The Brandon Peter Show returns tomorrow and for the rest of the holiday weekend with the old space show Turkey Day Marathon, beginning with Space 99's episode Alpha Child. Until then, remember, keep the positivity in your online film discussion.
0: Thank you for listening. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at TheBrandonPetersShow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at TheBrandonPetersShow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.